signed up with us. We're so glad that you're here in person. And if you're here on the live stream or Facebook, we're just glad that you're here. We've got a great worship set this morning. Merry Christmas. We're going to sing some Christmas songs and just really get into the spirit of the season.
great world. Again, we're so glad that you're here, whether you're here in person or online. It's going to be a great service this morning. And um, we just want to encourage you to continue to give. We're so thankful for everyone who's been faithful in their giving. Like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Southwoods is able to do so many cool things um, with your tithing and with your offering. And so these are the ways that you can continue to give. But again, we're just so grateful. Um, and you can go ahead and have a seat. This next song that we're going to do like a hymn and a Christmas song that I'm sure you guys already know, but I really want you to just sit back and relax. Maybe like open your hands to God or close your eyes. And we just want to sing it over you to really prepare our hearts for communion because there's so many great lyrics to this song that I think speak to who God is. So just open yourself to that. Let God's spirit move in you. And we're just going to do this song for you.
are so thankful, God, for your beauty in a song like that, God, that we can sing and speak to who you are and that all the earth rejoices with us. God, be with us this morning. May your presence hover with us and let us feel, feel you and know all the things that you love about us and that you want for us. Thank you for sending your son to die. God, just let us worship you in this moment and give back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You can go ahead and take communion.
Go ahead and stand up with us. We're going to sing one more song together. dive in and before Natalie before you stop Sonia would you bring that backdrop back up one more time please I just want you to look at this with me for a second before we dive into the message I just want you to see this just want you to look and maybe zoom in if you can from the camera for our on stream live stream folks but just look at that it's a beautiful nativity shot and as I was sitting there the thought went through my mind I thought you remember we look at the manger and we see a baby with a halo or something and we think, oh, that would never happen. I want you to ponder this. When Moses came down from the mountain, having spent 40 days, 40 nights with God on the mountain, 
what happened. People couldn't even, they couldn't look at his face. You remember that? He had to wear a veil in order to protect the people from the radiance that came from him. What would it be like if the Son of God left a throne room in the heavens to enter humanity one special night? Maybe, maybe it was just like that. Maybe. I want to pray for us, and then we'll dive into our message time this morning. All right? Thank you, Natalie. Father, so grateful for your grace that you love us like you do, that you would sacrifice for us as you have, that you would make a way for us to come to understand you and know you as you've done. We're so grateful. And now, Lord, as we look at your word, would you, would you who are light and life make our minds alive, our spirits alive, would you, would you cause your scripture, your word, to live in us that we might radiate your goodness your presence wherever we go and whatever we do, that the Son of Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, might be honored in this time and in our world and through us. Be with us now as we look at your word. It's in Christ's name we lift this prayer together. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning, Southwoods. Appreciate you uh, have joined us on site and online. We're grateful for that. I want to begin my message by asking you a question. How many cannons were fired when you were born? Some of you are thinking, what, what are you talking about? Cannons, you know, like Civil War cannons, you know, that um, how many cannons were fired when you were born? My guess is the same number of cannons were fired when you were born as were fired when I was born. Nada. Zero. No cannons. And that's because... Mine, ours, was not a royal birth. Royal births are a big deal. They're totally different than just when commoners, you know, are born, right? In the United Kingdom over in Europe, when royalty gives birth, it's a big, big deal. And if you followed that in recent years as, as uh, princes and princesses have had babies and so forth, you follow it. You know, there's a lot of things that go on. A hospital wing in one of the finest hospitals is selected by the royal mother for her exclusive use. And you notice I said a hospital wing. It's not a room, it's a wing. Uh, the finest of midwives and doctors are invited to be present. There are lots of medical personnel mulling around, ready at a moment's notice for days on end. The government sends representatives to the birth as official witnesses. Representatives of the state who are there to say, this is a royal son or royal daughter. Once the royal baby's born, the ruling monarch is notified and town criers are sent throughout the country announcing the royal birth and national landmarks and um, special place, banners on, on these kind of places. Lights and banners are hung and glowing all over the country. And then soldiers in traditional military garb, if you know European tradition, you know that soldiers in traditional military garb salute and they commence firing 62 cannon shots from the Tower of London and 41 shots, cannon shots, from one of the royal parks near the palace. And you know, at every royal birth, what they're doing is they're just making sure there's enough pomp and circumstance present 
to prompt the most clueless person to ask themselves, who is this child being born? So what's going on? It's like, who is this person? So significant that lights are hung and cannons are fired and in a similar way, but much more understated, the Bible tells us that God chose to enter our world as a baby a little more than 2,000 years ago. But he traded a hospital wing for a manger and a stable. He traded doctors and midwives for animals sheltering in that stable. His government representatives were the angelic hosts of heaven. His crown criers announcing the birth were lowly shepherds who told everyone what they'd seen at the manger and what they'd heard from the angels. Instead of banners being displayed and cannons being fired at Jesus' birth, God quietly hung a star in the sky, a conspicuous star, but a star nonetheless in the sky that night for all who'd been watching, for all who'd been waiting for his arrival so they could see that the time had finally come. Bible tells us all about this special child. And this morning, what I want us to do is I want us to look at Scripture together to be reminded of his royal identity. Sometimes it's easy to just get enamored with the fact that he's a little baby, that he's just this little boy. And there is something sweet and wonderful about that. But this was not just an ordinary boy. Maybe there really was some glow to him in light of his identity. So if you have your Bible with you this morning, I'm going to invite you to open it if you're online or if you're on site. Open it with me to John chapter 1. Each of you can learn a lot about Jesus. Each of us can from this amazing passage of Scripture. We're going to look at it together. Let us remind him or remind us of who uh, Jesus is and his royal identity. John chapter 1. We're going to start with verse 1. If you don't have a Bible, you can follow along uh, with me on the screen. The scriptures say this, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. Then if you skip down to verse nine, it continues this thought. It just says, the one who is the true light who gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. These are rich verses. These verses describe in vivid detail the Word who was made flesh, the Word who became human and lived among us, the Word who came to reveal the Father to us. 
the word who came to save us if we had time enough to go through everything about his life this morning. For the next few minutes, what I want us to do is reflect together on this passage of Scripture and some of the descriptions that are given in these verses of the one who was made flesh that first Christmas. I think if you'll listen carefully, if you'll watch carefully as we work our way through this passage, I think a number of things will happen. I think it'll add depth to your faith. I think it'll add meaning to your Christmas. I think it'll inspire you with hope. I think it'll do a lot of things that it did for the people who saw him that very first Christmas. It'll do it for you and me as well. The first description of Jesus, the word that was born that first Christmas is this. If you look at that text is that he was pre-existent. He was pre-existent. What, what do I mean by that? Look at verse one, one more time. It says, in the beginning, and just even before we read anymore, in the beginning, does that ring a bell with any other passage of scripture? In the beginning, God created, remember that? In Genesis 1.1, in John 1.1, it's beginning. In the beginning, and notice what it says, the word already existed. He was preexistent. It's trying to convey to us this idea that before any big bang, before the sun, moon, stars were born, before light, water, before land, before life, before any living cells, the word of God, Jesus, existed. Before there was anything, he was there. He was preexistent. And the passage goes on to say that the word was with God. And notice what it says. The word, say it with me, was God. The word was God. That's the second description of Jesus that we get in this passage is that he was God. It doesn't say that he was like God. Right? It says that the word was God. It's reminiscent of Colossians 2.9, which reveals to us, that the fullness of deity dwelt within him. Think of the language, the fullness of deity, not just a little part of God. He was the fullness, the embodiment of the divine being who existed before all things. And if you go on in the text, the one who created everything that we read about in Genesis 1, 1 and following. Because the text says, if you look at verse 3, look at this. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. It's a redundant statement on purpose because it wants us to understand that, that everything that was created was created by him and there was no exception. No exception. It's the language that it's using, which means that all plants, trees, flowers, sunsets, oceans and mountains, their creation of this baby in the manger, of Jesus. All birds, all fish, all clouds, all animals, all microbes, the creation of this one in the manger. All snow and ice and vapor, all gravity, stars, black holes, galaxies, humans, Adam and Eve, all life. He's the creator of that. Nothing was, it was all created by him. There was no exception is what the passage is saying. When the word of God speaks, apparently things happen. Like light. 
and galaxies and so on. He's the creator. The fourth description, though, in the text that we see really clearly about Jesus, the word is, if you look at verse four, look at the first part of it. It says, the word gave life to everything that, create, that was created. It was, think of it this way. This is how I picture it in my mind. You, you think we've all been to funerals. You know, you know the difference between a corpse and you. It's life. It's the breath of life in your body, soul, and spirit. You have all of those things. You have freedom. You have choice. You have independence. You have animation. You have life, and he's the source of that life for you and these plants and the trees outside. And all. I mean, he is, the, he is the originator, the creator, the source of all life, the text is telling us. And more than that, the fifth description of Jesus we see in the text is that he, the word, was light. The middle of verse four, it says, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. It just wants us to understand that Jesus was the source of all wisdom, understanding, virtue, goodness, and love. I mean, just as he is the creator of light as a created thing, he is the creator of light in terms of illumination and wisdom and understanding all the virtues that you and I understand that it's important to live according to. John 1, 9 tells us that the one who is the true light, the true illumination, the true wise one, who gives light to everyone, was he was coming into the world. That first Christmas was what he was doing. The sixth description of Jesus, the divine word that we see in the text is that he became a holy human. A holy human. That starlit night in Bethlehem. Verse 14 of the passage describes it this way, where it says, The word became human or became flesh and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we've seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. And when the word of God spoke this time, it's interesting that here was his message. Before, it was all about creation. At this point, when the word of God speaks, according to John 1, verses 12 and 13, this was his message, that to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They could be reborn, not of a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. It's a rebirth, a new birth. And his whole message was centered around this fact, that our great need was not different politics, it was not economics. Our great need was not just physical health or a whole lot of other things that we happen to devote ourselves to much of the time. Our first and greatest need was and is to recognize him believe his testimony, accept him for who he is, Savior and Lord, and learn to follow him. Because the day is coming when all that is wrong is going to be made right. 
And he wants all of us, because of his great compassion, to be on the right side of justice in that time. It begins with understanding that he came in humility and mercy to appeal to us. To receive him for who he is. Have you done that? You know, many of us have probably heard the story, but a few years ago, uh, a nondescript younger man in a long-sleeved T-shirt and jeans and a Washington Nationals baseball cap pulled a violin from a small instrument case in the Washington, D.C. metro subway area. He was right at the entrance. He pulled the violin out placed the open case at his feet, as you've seen done at various places in public settings. And he threw a few dollars in the violin case, a little change just as seed money. And uh, he leaned against the wall and shouldered his violin and began to play. And for the next 45 minutes in the D.C. metro, during rush hour time, well-renowned uh, well master violinist Joshua Bell, in plain clothes, played Mozart and Schubert on his rare $3 million Stradivarius violin. Thousands of people streamed by as he stood there and played. Just three days earlier, Bell had sold out Boston Symphony Hall. Hundreds of dollars per ticket. But on this day, in plain clothes, only 27 people stopped long enough to listen a minute and toss in a donation that day that totaled $32. True story. A master musician completely unrecognized in plain clothes. 2,000 years ago, the eternal pre-existing master and creator of all things, the source of all life, the source of all light, the hope of the world, if you will, the word of God put on plain clothes, became flesh and blood so he could dwell among us. He went 33 years in life, largely unrecognized in plain sight. And of the few people who did recognize him, most of them still rejected him. But he came that very first Christmas and he came for you and me so that we would have the opportunity to become children of God. He wanted us to no longer be wayward. He wanted us to come home to the Father. And he knew that this was the only possible way. And that Christmas, this Christmas, each and every person who's willing is being invited, invited by God to believe in Jesus, to accept Jesus for who he is, and to ask Jesus to grant them spiritual rebirth, new life, and to put their hope in him, not in the things of this earth. All that we see is passing away. But who he is, look at the empty grave. All that he is and all who put their faith in him, it's just beginning.
It's just beginning. So my request for you is we ask. You ask him for rebirth and new opportunity. You humble yourself before him as he has humbled himself before you. We embrace the word who's become flesh for you, for you. I'm going to ask us all to stand. We're going to close in prayer this morning and I'm going to invite those of you who are online with us or those of you who are present to just open your heart to the God who is, who's come, that you might understand who he is that we might have that rebirth, that new birth that he's made available for us. Let's pray, and then we'll be done, okay? Heavenly Father, I thank you for all that you have done for us. You loved us so much that you sent your one and only Son, your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life through him. We thank you that he came. Thank you that he was made flesh, that though he existed before all that came into being, though he is the creator of it all, though we are already his by virtue of him being our maker, he humbled himself before us that we might more fully understand and grasp what's going on in the heavens and on the earth during the time in which we live. Lord, would you hear our request our prayer for forgiveness, for the healing of our spirit. Would you hear our request for the new birth, the new life that he's come to make available? Every one of us, Lord, we, we need it. We need you. We want you. You are our inheritance in this life and in eternity. And though all around us is passing away, we know that you will endure forever. And we want to endure forever with you. So Lord, would you hear our request and in your mercy, cleanse us, fill us with your spirit, make us yours. Father, would you prompt us to take the next steps that we need to take? Whatever those steps are, Maybe some of us need to be baptized. Maybe some of us just need to connect with some other people and in our given time, maybe you've got to do it socially in a socially distant fashion. But God, would you prompt us? Would you make those kinds of relationships that can help us to grow? Would you make them available? And would you give us the courage to walk in your way, trusting you, loving you like you have loved us? Now, Father, we thank you for your grace and thank you for every person within the sound of my voice. We know that each one is loved dearly by you. May your spirit fill them and strengthen them. May you rest on them and through this Christmas season, Lord. May they be reminded again and again by you that they are loved, that they are yours, that you've got a plan and a purpose for their life, not just now, but for everlasting life. May our hope rest in you, the light of the world who's come. Go with us now, Father. We lift this prayer together in the name of Jesus. Everybody agreed with me and said,
Amen. Amen. Bless you all. Thank you for coming. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bless you.